This is a note to future me. Hi, this is Brett Johnson, your host and the owner of Circle 270 Media Podcast Consultants. How do people find your podcast in apps? Should you put your guest name in your episode title? Do podcast apps use your podcast description to help people find new shows? Which apps search what information you provide in your RSS feed? In a three-week experiment, Mark Stedman from Podcast Studio Origin cataloged what every big podcast app indexes and how to help listeners find your podcast. This full article is available on podnews.net. I have a link to that article in the podcast show notes. I would advise that you read the article prior to this interview, but you can listen to the article, uh, listen to the interview and then read the article afterwards. Either way, you're going to get some great information from Mark about his re- his experiment, his research project as it were, about how podcast apps help people find new podcast episodes, new podcasts to listen to, or how they don't. Uh, Mark works with best-selling authors, entrepreneurs, artists, and celebrities. His work has been highlighted by the BBC, and he presented the Comedy Award at the inaugural British Podcast Awards in 2017. He founded the podcast hosting company Podient in 2016, coding every line, writing every blog post, and in the beginning, replying to every support email himself. He's helped individuals, organizations, and commercial radio stations launch their audio presences online and has been consistently producing podcasts since 2008. He sold his hosting business in the spring of 2021 and now spends his time exclusively helping podcasters get results on their own terms. And I'm sure that's him selling his business has helped him uh, open up some time to do interviews about this article. So I was very happy when I contacted him that he sent an email back saying, great, let's talk, get, get on my calendar, and here we got it done. And I this interview really solidified what his research and his experiment did prove and didn't prove in regards to what podcast apps do for podcasters. And I think the one takeaway that you will realize after reading the article and listening to this episode is that the findability piece is all on our shoulders. We cannot rely on podcast apps. We cannot rely on social media. We have to do the work ourselves. And it really does come down to understanding how different mediums search and index and and give those that are searching that information. And this is a really good article to read about that. And this interview highlights A lot of great stuff from the article. I hope you enjoy. I hope you learn a little bit. I know I did. And I think everything from this article and this interview, you can take and start producing even better podcasts for Search Your Next Episode. Mark, first, I want to thank you and James Cridlin, editor of Pod News and a radio futurist, for doing some heavy lifting with your research on podcast app search. Yeah, the article you wrote for Pod News is concise and full of great information, so much so I wanted to contact you to see if you might be willing to be a guest on my podcast to give some highlights of what you and James discovered and what we as podcasters should do starting with our next episode. <laughs> Mark, yeah, thanks for taking some time to be with me today. It's a real pleasure. Thank you. Now, what stirred your interest in doing this podcast app search experiment? 
it all started when I was listening to an episode of The Feed, the Libsyn podcast. And they were talking about the uh, things that appear in search for, I can't remember, it was, it was a, a user-submitted question, I think, uh, for, for Libsyn. And it was about their content not appearing when people searched and uh, about descriptions and things like that. And, and Rob started talking about the various things that Apple Podcasts indexed. And I realized I hadn't really thought about it. There were a couple of things that I sort of vaguely think I knew. And with anything that's self-taught, there's always going to be gaps in your knowledge. There's always going to be stuff, you know, it doesn't matter if you could tout yourself as being any kind of podcast, um, quote unquote guru. There's always going to be stuff that you don't know. And, and, uh, I'm certainly not touting myself as a guru, but you know, I, I work with other podcasters and, and try and help them. And, and, you know, I started to think, actually, I don't know definitively what, Apple Podcasts is indexing. And I've, I've got this information from, from Robert Libsyn, but okay, well, that's one directory. And I know we've got all of these apps that are powered by the Apple Podcasts directory and fewer and fewer now as we, as we see more things like the, the Podcast Index and Spotify and, um, and other apps maintain their own indexes. But it started me thinking, well, presumably different apps have different rules for what's going to be indexed. And so I thought, well, yeah, th this would be a really interesting thing to look at and, and actually do a bit of a deep dive and do some research and find out, well, are all apps uh, indexing information the same? What data is being pulled in from our feed and how is it being utilized? How is it being exposed in search? Because there's a ton of talk about what to include and what not include. Uh, uh, yeah. Tons of it. And to me, it always seemed as though it might be more of a eh, this is a best practice you never know when they might start looking at this piece you know just include it we'll put the we'll put the field in there just do it sort of stuff definitely uh, in your experiment you use the top 14 podcast apps and when i saw you include google podcasts i thought that might be the wild card on the list quite frankly mm. but from what you saw it wasn't about half including google podcasts of the podcast app seem to search numerous channel level tags that is the podcast rss feed as a whole do you did you have some pre-experiment thoughts about certain podcast players? I thought Google would be more. Yeah, I I I, I thought it would be better at search. <laughs> it's that simple. And there's quite a few of these apps actually. I thought would have a a better approach to search. Now, one of the things that we haven't talked about, and and when I've spoken to people about this this article is. We haven't really touched much on the way search engines work in these apps. Now, we used made-up words um, specifically so that we wouldn't have clashes with other things and we wouldn't end up we, – we could be really definitive about worrying about things like pluralization and um, potentially being confused with other languages and stuff like that. So I deliberately just kind of mashed the keys and tried to use alpha, uh, alphabet uh, – trying to use letters from the alphabet that would kind of look like words. But a conversation with uh, a couple of people sort of led me down to thinking about one of the issues we do have in search is things like pluralization, things like alternative spellings. For example, if I think about my one of the, the shows that I think I mentioned in the, in the article, which is a show about the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, if you search Hitchhiker, you get one type of result. If you search Hitchhikers without an apostrophe, you get another type of result. And if you search Hitchhikers with the apostrophe, you get a different set of results. And 
that's a problem. Um, and as a former in, in a past life, as a former sort of web engineer, I know what that problem is, but I think I was surprised at the, the, the number of apps that were addressing that problem, which is, you know, almost none. Yeah. It, it's, it, it is interesting. It's almost just get the product out there to do, <laughs> as you mentioned too, in the article, were those apps really developed as discoverable, findable types of player? I mean, they do what they do really well. They play podcasts, but were they really built to do that? Maybe we we're asking a bit too much of them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then and that's why I was a little bit, I don't know, surprised. And I had a lovely chat with JJ at Good Pods because I think there is, with Good Pods specifically, um, a real opportunity there because I think it is much more a discovery engine than it is a player. And I think I would really like to see search play a better role in that. Now, for anyone who who builds these apps and works in this space, I know what a hard problem it is, especially given episode level search, which I'm sure we'll talk talk about and, and sort of how little provision there is for episode wide search. I know why that is, because if you think, you know, there's potentially 4 million podcasts in the podcast uh, index. Now think about the number of episodes each one of those has, and you, you've got to maintain that database yourself in a, in a searchable way. That's mental. So um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I get the problem. Um, I think I keep giving very long answers to your questions and I'm not entirely sure if I'm actually answering them. <laughs> oh, you're good. No, you're, you're going exactly the right direction. What I'm thinking too is it seems though, you know, we're, we're addressing that findability. I, I, mm. I just want to kick that discoverability word off of yeah. our lexicon. But yeah. findability, it seems that lots of apps are building themselves around the findability, but they're not great players. <laughs> so we mm -hmm. don't have this middle ground of like, I just want a really good player that I can at least find some – uh, some podcasts that are similar to what I'm playing yeah. right now. And and it, it, that doesn't even really exist, honestly. No. And I think, to be honest, what I want to see is, and, you know, I'm not in charge of Good Pods and I'm not about to tell them what to do, but if I've taken an app like Good Pods, or if we imagine Discover Pods has a proper mobile app, I want those, I want my podcast player to be one thing and I want my discovery engine to be another thing. And I want the two to be separate, but be able to communicate so that mm. I can hit the plus button and maybe I get taken out to, uh, sorry, the plus button in Overcast where I'm comfortable listening. I've got things set up the way I want, but then I want to go and find new podcasts. And, and I think, okay, I'm going to go over to Good Pods or I'm going to go over to Podchaser or somewhere else and use the player there just to preview, just to get a little sense of, all right, here's here's what people are listening to. I want to hear this. Give it a give it a shot. Then I want to just hit that button to say, okay, take me back to Overcast. I'm ready to subscribe. Let me subscribe to it in Overcast. I don't think, and I, I personally think that's the, the the way to do it is that we keep them separate. But um, people want to be able to own as much of the of the stack as possible, and that's understandable. And that makes sense too. You know, in you describing that scenario, is that would be a an easy lift. You have two companies that do something very well. Why not? Not necessarily merge, but at least work no. with each other. Just work. talk to each other, yeah. Just talk and, to and each other. Very, 
very very simply it's yeah. uh, it's 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 you know code that's already baked into the operating uh, operating system it's very easy to pass information to from one place to another to say now bring in this resource and show it on screen you know it's right. very yeah. simple well first you cover in the article the channel level tags which are mm-hmm. again d- d- telling the audience are tags in the podcast rss feed that relate to the podcast as a whole and that includes the podcast title the description podcast person itunes author itunes subtitle and the iTunes uh, owner and keywords. I'll, mm. I'll let you read the article, as I mentioned before the podcast, about how each of those play into search. But what I wanted to ask you is to talk more about the person tag, that info about who contributes to a podcast, and that it's not being used by any search engine you surveyed. You made a comment in the article that this isn't to suggest the tag has no value, far from it. Just because the names are being surfaced in search results doesn't mean it's not a great way to link podcasts together. But I'd love Mm -hmm. to see it influence results for a guest-based podcast. Still early days. Talk a little bit more about that, linking podcasts together, what your thought process was there. So back in, I want to say 2013, I started working on a little project that um, very naively um, I thought would be really fun is, could I create an RSS feed uh, or a playlist of podcast episodes across uh, any number of podcasts that featured a particular person I like. So back then I was 10 years younger. I was, God, anyway, I was whatever, <laughs> whatever age I was. Um, and it was Kevin Smith, right? So I'm like, I want to know if Kevin Smith pops up as a guest in a not Kevin Smith podcast, it would be cool if I could just automatically subscribe to that. And the way I did that was very naively at the time was just s- trying to search through the, uh, the, the Apple uh, back then, as it was called, the iTunes database, uh, and try and find stuff that way, and, and very quickly hit up against the problem of, of scale with something like that. But the idea stood, and what I think we're seeing with the likes of, of Podchaser and, to a degree, the Podcast Taxonomy Project is this idea of being able to link information together now. So, the, so we really can go from you enjoyed this guest on a, on a show. So you've been subscribed to this particular podcast every week. They have a new guest, this guest you really dug on this episode and you want to know where else can I hear them? Um, you know, where else are they cropping up and to be able to go and follow them because they're listed as a creator in Podchaser is amazing. A way of being able to do that in the podcast index as well to, to uniquely identify a person because obviously you can have several John Smiths, but to be able to know the John Smith you're talking about is this person and to be able then to find all the episodes of any podcast that that person has, um, has appeared in to me as possibly as a, a data nerd and a, an, an avid podcast listener, that's gold. Like that, there's so much fun you can have with that. And not just guests, of course, if you love the music that was on a, on an episode and you want to know what else that, musician has scored um the sound engineer you know whatever and podchaser are trying to map out that information and make it accessible one of the things they hit up uh, against a few years ago was that we we podcasters are a thirsty bunch if we find that there is a potential to to game the system to hack the system to promote something we'll do it we'll 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 you know we'll game a system if we can and they saw that, that, that people were just saying every episode had this X number of guests who were not on the episode, but were big draws. 
um, because there was no vetting. You could put that information into your RSS feed. Uh, Podchaser would suck it up and believe it. And it didn't take them very long for them to be like, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe not then. And so there are ways that we need to police it uh, and, and figure out um, ways that maybe the information starts at that RSS level, but then we have a way to be able to vet it or to say, you know, if, if that information is false, to be able to give it a thumbs down in some kind of system, be that pod chaser or the podcast index or whatever. When you've got that sort of taxonomy, when you've got that um, corpus of data that you can then start to navigate around based on people, I think that's phenomenal. And that's what excites me about things like the the podcast person tag. And exactly where you're going with that, because I, th- I, I love audio drama and, and mm. the audio drama world, the actors, the performers, even though there are a lot of them, there are many that are used over and over because they're great at it. Yeah. And I've always wanted to, okay, when I pick someone, I want to see what other podcasts they've been a part of have acted in just to hear their different roles because the good ones you you just if you listen well enough you can kind of go oh i know who that is and they put mm-hmm. on a different accent and you want to go oh my gosh she is it really expanded in this versus what i listened to i don't know if that exists i was thinking uh, the the um the imdb you know we're supposed to try to do something like that but but yeah i agree if we something can come up with like that and whether it's maybe by genre by category or something that's even better because then it fine tunes the john smiths of the world <laughs> you know that if it's yes. you know the john smith is a business entrepreneur that's the category you want to follow versus john smith musician um sort yep. of thing so no I, here, that, that would be exciting that would be yeah. exciting you're right yeah and that's that's what Podchaser is trying to do, but uh, and uh, no one has yet completely disabused me of this notion, but I do have the sense that Podchaser is used more by podcasters than it is by listeners. I feel like that's where it is. Uh, and at the moment, because it, it is aiming to essentially be the IMDb for podcasters. Right. Uh, or for, you know, for podcasting. Right. And it's great. And I'd like, I've got you know, no, no shade at all. I think the, the team are great and they're doing a great job and they really care about this space. They've been doing this for a while now. Um, and, and yeah, they are a great team and I've enjoyed working, working with them. I think I still feel like it's mostly the podcasters that are using this information and I want to see more. I, I want to be able to see, like you were talking about, you listen to that audio drama, you're into this stuff and you go, oh, wow, who was that? Or you hear the name in the credits and you know instantly, if you want to find out more about that person and other podcasts that they're in, you know straight away, you go to Podchaser and you put that in, you know, put their name in, in, this thing, in the system. Or we standardize linking to people's Podchaser creator profile and we make that a thing that we do in, um, in show notes. Um, because the more that we can do that, the more we open it up to listeners, I think then we create something that is um, immensely valuable. Right. And the findability scale cranks up versus seeing on a Twitter feed of that artist or that personality. Oh, hey, I've, I'm, I'm on this podcast now. And you just accidentally <laughs> saw yes. the Twitter feed as one resource. And and maybe that's what Podchaster do, should do and does well. If it's just for us, it's just for us. That's great. Mm-hmm. Build it and make it bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, it's mm-hmm. got to start somewhere. So, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Next, you cover the item level tags, which uh, the tags that relate to each episode in a podcast, and those being the title, description, uh, the content, uh, the subtitle, and the author. I was surprised by what you found that the podcast index, along with Pocket Cast and Overcast, not servicing episode level titles in search. That was interesting. 
Yeah, I think the pr- the problem here is is largely one of scale because there is just so much data to index and it takes so much time to, to index all of that information. And especially something like the podcast index, which is now the, I'd say possibly the second definitive um, directory of, of podcasts and could well be the, the definitive uh, in, in, in time. Um, they, they're a, I was going to say like they're a ragtag bunch of, of misfits. Um, they're a small operation and they're, they're an independent operation and they're funded by uh, people like us who, who, who care about this and want it to continue but that funding can only stretch so so far, and there are massive storage uh, implications when you start to blow up the size of a database, uh, you know, a hundred times plus over. Because now you're storing information about each individual episode. Uh, again, if we if we just imagine out of four million podcasts, each one of those has seven episodes, and we know that many many <laughs> podcasts have many more. Um, that already just becomes a huge, a huge job. Um, and there's all sorts of other number crunching issues with it. And so I sort of wrote the article without taking, without being sympathetic to that because, you know, ultimately to the podcaster and to the person searching, it doesn't like, that's not with the, the best will in the world. That's not our problem. Um, but it is a problem that that is worth addressing and, um, yeah, it's not a simple one to solve. And I think if we can find ways to make that easier, then then great. Uh, and that might just mean more of us throwing more money um, and helping the you know Dave and the team at, at the Podcast Index make this stuff happen. <laughs> right. Well, and I think they want the feedback too, because I, I was yeah. looking at a few yeah. episodes or podcasts that I work with and found it was mul- it had multiple listings in the index, um, mm. whether mm-hmm on purpose, by accident, whatever, and contacted them, they took them out. You know, yeah. they verified that I was the one that should have the only feed of that podcast. And there were two or three others there. Basically, it's a network situation that that feed is fed into other networks yes. and allowing it. And it's it was there. So I think if we as podcasters take a little time, go to the podcast index and take a look at what <laughs> – what you have there in that library that might help clean it up a little bit too. help them do their job because they, they were totally responsive within a day, got an email back saying, Hey, thank you for the heads up. We'll clean that up, get it out of there sort of thing. So I yeah. think they appreciated that. Yeah, you definitely. Know, if nothing else, but total numbers. Yeah. So. Uh, and to be clear, you know, the, the podcast index are one of the, the companies that, um, that are surfacing stuff with, with the title. Um, but I think it's, it's very few that are doing anything other than that. Um, so yeah, it's um, yeah, and that's not to poke them in the eye at all. I no, mean, you're no, right. No, no. It is. I, I agree. They are the you know. I think they're going to become the de facto when it comes down to it. They're setting themselves up to be when when Apple decides to. We're done with you guys. <laughs> we're now making money, and we don't have to do this with you anymore. You know, thanks for the ride, <laughs> but yeah, we're we're done. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. You also th- found that potentially, if the the content, the episode no, sh- episode show notes is present, aggregators ingest this information instead of the description. Mm. <clears throat> to me, and I, I want your thought too. Do you think that makes episode show notes a bit more of priority when publishing an episode? Um. 
So, uh, so first off, I'll, I'll sort of acknowledge uh, James really helped me out with this one uh, and clarified because I get mixed up on this sometimes as well in terms of I always just default to content encoded, um, which is a tag uh, in your RSS feed in, uh, for each episode that allows you to have rich uh, show notes. And, um, and it, it, so it, it has its roots in, in blogging and it's used a lot in WordPress things as well. So um, a feed item in uh, like a blog post listed in your RSS feed can have as much html as you want and it's expected to be in there whereas descript the description tag we're all a little bit fuzzy about whether we want html in there um and so not all of the apps agree about what is allowed in there or, or not and i haven't gone back and read the the spec um to figure out what is the correct answer and it doesn't really matter because none of us can agree and none of the apps can agree in directories True. um so I think I, uh, good, rich show notes should always be in your episode, uh, in your RSS feed, um, regardless of, you know, uh, of, of the searchability uh, aspect of it, because it makes your podcast better. It's, it's that simple. Like it, right. it gives people, even if it's just a chronological list of the things you talked about and links to those things, which is what a lot of um, podcasts do. They just, you know, you maybe have a quick description of what was in the episode of maybe a guest that's in there. And if you're talking about, you know, books or, or uh, articles or Ted talks or videos, or whatever, just list them and link them in, in, in chronological order. If you're doing that in your show notes, then you're, doing your listener a great service. And I think um, you should do that regardless of whether it makes the stuff more searchable or, or not. Right. And I always look at it too. If, if you're going to create something, how many times can you use it? So if you're creating, yeah, oh, great, yeah. if you're creating great episode notes, uh, episode show notes, why not turn that into the blog that has the the, the player to it and you've yep. done two things with it? You know, it doesn't matter if that replicates. It's two different mediums. You're letting people read it versus listening. People oh, sometimes would rather read it. So yeah. And it's, to hmm. me, being an old school RSS guy and an old school blog guy, they are the same thing. They're not different things. So for me, because the um, all a podcast feed is, it's a blog feed with one extra line of code in it, uh, effectively, that says, here's an MP3 file. It's still a blog post that has a date, a title, and a URL. And the URL is not your MP3. Your The URL is the web page for that episode. And the web page for that episode should have your episode title and the player and those show notes they should always come, it should always come from the same place. Um, at the moment, I'm in between a couple of different systems for, for one of my podcasts and I'm having to copy and paste show notes from one system to another. You should never have to do that. You should always be able to just put them in one place and then they go out to your feed and on your website as well. Um, and if, uh, if you're having to copy and paste notes between different platforms, then it's worth looking about um, your hosting provider or your CMS and find out whether you can make your life a little bit simpler because in reality, they are, it's all the same thing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because yeah, I've always been an advocate of building your castle on your own property, mm. your podcast website. I mean, even as, if it's as simple as <laughs> activating a, you know, getting a Google My Business page and activating that page <laughs> with feeds, it's something, but it's kind of your own. I mean, most hosts now have the opportunity to, you know, create a podcast page at least yep. through the hosting platform. So at least, you know, look at, at least do that to, to control a little bit uh, for the search aspect and such too. So what would yeah. you suggest podcast producers consider and do with your experiment findings? That's a really 
interesting question. I don't know. Um, I feel like I would like to see more done on the um, creator, uh, on the uh, the podcast app side. I kind of felt like this with, you know, uh, you know, for a time, um, a few months ago, Apple podcasts wasn't showing show notes properly. Um, It wasn't showing like links properly and it was making them a garbled mess. And people were talking about and advocating, okay, you should format your show notes in this way. And I sort of sat there and kind of bit my lip and, and or bit my tongue and was like, I don't think that's the right approach. We shouldn't, we as the, as the podcasters shouldn't be changing the way we're doing things when we're doing them correctly. It is incumbent on the apps to read our information that we are providing in the correct format. They need to read that. If we're providing it in the correct format, it is incumbent on them. And if that temporarily means that some people aren't getting the experience that they should, that is on the app developer. That is not on you as a podcaster. Um, If the experience is diminished in your show notes in one app, that is the one app's fault and you shouldn't be changing your methodology to appease that one app. doesn't matter how big it is because it's on the app. Um, that's my particular viewpoint. And so I kind of think this is, this is the case right now. It's not that we need to do anything different because we are providing really good information. Let's say we're doing the a really nice episode title with the name of the guest. Um, we've got a nice short description of the episode. Then we've got our full show notes and they've got links and, and rich information. And we've got a transcript, let's say, and we're, we're filling in all the person tags. We're doing all of these things. We're donating all of this information to these systems, to these apps. It's their job to present that to us. Um, and I think the best thing we can do is just is try not to game that system, is, is try not to get into the habit of, hacking, uh, hacking things or, um, you know, keyword stuffing and all these different ideas, trying to avoid appeasing one app. Um, you know, like I talked about things like the iTunes keyword tag, which is now deprecated and has been for some time. There's a couple of apps, uh, that surface this. And I spoke to one of the, uh, the marketing guy for one of the apps last week, and I won't, won't call them out by name because it wouldn't be fair, but he was like, kind of proud that he was, that their app was one of the two that was indexing this. And I'm sat there going, no, 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 that's not the point. (laughs) We shouldn't be providing that information anymore. And, and saying that podcasters can just put a bunch of keywords into their feed in order for their show to be found on your app, that ain't helping anyone. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, this is really much more for, let's understand where we are as an industry at the moment from the podcaster side and from the, uh, developer side. And then I think if there's ways that we can help developers say, listen, like there's a few things you could do here, make our lives a lot easier. Um, if we can get episode level search into the podcast index, I did misspeak earlier in that I said they, they are indexing the title is because I read the article wrong when I was just reading back. Um, they, yeah, the, if we can get the podcast index and a couple of other places to start indexing some of that episode level data, I think that would really blow the doors off things. And so again, like to very slowly and verbosely answer a very simple question, I think it's on the app developers to, um, to try and lift this space now. Right. I, I think you synopsizing what that article was intended to do will help podcast producers mm. look at it. I th- 
I got the same feelings. Like every one of them does something different. You cannot cater to every, every the four, the top fourteen. You cannot cater to those fourteen. Just do the best practices. Do what you're supposed to do. Do what your podcast host platform actually is encouraging you to do. You're probably going to be okay. You're probably yeah. going to be because that's just one piece of the puzzle anyway. This is just oh, gotcha. podcast player app search. This is this is small. I mean, again, yes. like we talked about earlier, they were not developed to be a search engine. They're a player, and we're asking a lot of them. But this leads me to the, my next question. I think one major disadvantage most podcasters have is the lack of the knowledge about SEO and what search mm-hmm. engines are there to do. We still banter around those terms, as I mentioned earlier podcast discoverability we got to get rid of that get rid of it and probably should really be focused on more turn on the term of podcast findability based on what your podcast was about you know coupled with podcasters wanting everyone or everything else to do the work <laughs> you know we put it out there somebody else should take care of that what <laughs> advice would you give podcasters on best practices when it comes to seo and their podcast, knowing your background, what you've done, what would be some good things that they just, you, here's three things you got to check off the list. You've got to do this you've, to help yourself. Three things. Number one, get a really good website. Number two, get a really good website. Number three, say it with me, get a really, really good, good website. website. Yeah. Because um, I, I, I work with, with uh, there's a podcast that I edit. Uh, for someone and I absolutely love their show and it's it's nothing I, I've got no interest in the topic whatsoever couldn't be further from my interest but I love editing them they, they, and they <laughs> they do such a great job they they are a dream to work with because they research the episode really well they give me lovely show notes they uh, have this great banter it's pre-prepared they know what they're going to talk about they're really informed on their topic they've got great chemistry when they make a mistake they're really good at pointing it out I can just edit that out and and we end up with this lovely, bubbly, bright, informative, engaging episode. They don't have a podcast website and it drives me insane every mm-hmm. time. Um, and it's something we're working on. Um, you know, I'm not just sat there going, well, it sucks to be you. You know, it is, it's, <laughs> it is something we're working on. The reason, the reason is, so I can just break it down a little bit, but um, it's not just about having a place that you can direct people to. The other, one of the big things is, talking about search, going from search. If you've got a really interesting topic, if you're solving a listener problem, you want that to be the kind of question. I actually just uh, put out a video on this yesterday. This, you want to be able to answer the kind of question that someone might Google and to be able to phrase it in a way that meets a particular need that someone's Googling. If you have got a website that you own that has that allows you to optimize it in the way you want to, that is linked up with your Google podcasts account that sets you up in such a great way, because then you've made your title really Googleable, really uh, easily findable. You are helping that person get an answer to their question. They find your search result, they click on it, or, I mean, they might just click the play button and hear the episode straight away in Google Podcasts, or they might click through to your website and they will see the space that you own. They will see your text. They will see the player. They will see the subscription links to listen to your podcast. They will see the link to uh, to join your mailing list. If you need the modal pop-up dialogue box to say, I've got this mailing list, or I've got this great offer, they can see that. You're not relying on something like Listen Notes or Player.fm 
to be indexing your episode for you and showing it on Google. This is your opportunity to own this space. And it doesn't cost a lot of money in order to do this. You can run it on pod page. You can do a simple WordPress site. Um, but getting the ability for you to own that space and to be able to optimize because the, the, the last point of, of this is tangential to all of this is each episode that you create is part of your body of work. It's not just, this is the thing we've put out this week. We go through the cycle. We, we put out our, our tweet, we do our Instagram post. Um, we, we put it out on Facebook and LinkedIn and then on to the next one. That's so often how we think about it because we're stuck in that cycle. But with each episode, you're building a body of work. If you don't have a website where, where every episode has its own web page with the title, the player, and full rich show notes describing the episode and potentially the full transcript, if you don't have that for each individual episode, then yeah, your stuff is just going to disappear into the ether. But having a website with crucially with each episode having its own web page that preserves your work in a way that um, would be so much harder otherwise, because all of that good stuff that you've written, all of those show notes, that transcript, it's all being gobbled up by Google and it's loving it and it's eating it up and it's indexing it. And that is, again, it's, it's going to a space you own. So yeah, that is, no, <laughs> yeah. it comes down to having a, a, a good website. Right. I guess. I, I demythed it in my own mind about what Google is to us in regards to what well, how think about how you use Google. You're asking it a question, yeah, and you want Google to deliver you the best options it can find. So therefore, that's the game we play. Be one of those options. Be one of those options. Be the best yeah. that you can, knowing again, lots of things are against you to a certain degree algorithm how long you've been there how you know how you rank in regards to a an authority figure and such but you're there yes <laughs> even you may be page five but you're there and potentially yeah. to grow and then build upon that seo and there are a lot of people that are just really good at seo find them then help them mm -hmm. let them help you out because there are little tricks to this that you just keep it in your workflow you're it's going to help you in the long run i i just yeah, i just the, see that and it's 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 a little bit of work but it's it works <laughs> it works yeah. it just and does. i think it's also it's a habit you build up as well like right. you, 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 like a muscle uh, that you build up i should say mm -hmm. um yeah like the title is is so important and it's something i fall down on a, a lot but there are really simple free tools that will help you make your title better um, they will analyze the words in your title and say, you know, actually, if you use this kind of language, if you put a personalized kind of word in here, it makes us connect with it more. If you use a brand, if you use a, a, a certain words, caution or stop words or whatever, they make us have emotional reactions when they read this article. Doesn't necessarily mean we're, we're talking about clickbait here, but we are making the title as enticing as possible and as compelling as possible and to set up a bit of tension and suspense of, Oh, I've got to know, you know, what setting up an expectation. I've got to know what is in this. Um, and you can do that stuff actually quite easily and for free. Um, and if you speak to someone like Evo Terra, I think he's one of these people who's like, who's a believer. It's one of the most important things that you, you can do for each episode is get that title absolutely bang on because that's the most important thing that crops up in search. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So talk about more projects or experiments coming up as we, you know, finish out the episode. 
Um, projects, certainly. Um, I So I'm having a load of fun at the moment trying to make videos and write articles that are going back to the stuff you and your listeners already know about, but going back from first principles of podcasting all the way up to, you know, to, to much more advanced stuff. Um, and, uh, I'm doing videos every week over at podcode.tv. Uh, there's written articles, you know, podcast episode as well. Uh, and there's the, the newsletter where I, um, I try and disseminate the podcast news through my particular, um, viewpoint uh, and uh, yeah so if, if you're interested if, if i haven't talked your ear off uh, and you want to hear more of what i've got to say podcode.tv is uh, where you can find out some of that super and i'll remind everyone too listening that uh, i'll have all the connections and the links and his websites and such in the podcast show notes so you don't have to hear a litany of oh, what do you say how do, how do you write that <laughs> yeah. down which always yeah. drives me insane it's like yeah that's that's a great way to end an episode yeah links are in the show notes we'll go it that way boy Thank you for spending this time with me talking about this. Uh, this has been enlightening for me, even me reading your article numerous times and spending a lot of time on it. It still gives me some insight on why you did it and what you thought from the results as well, too. And, and you come from a different angle, definitely more of the tech piece of this in the, in, in the back end of how this uh, everything is built. I think that's something we need to know. We need to understand mm. where things come from and why they exist the way they do. Then we can do better with them. And that's great. I, I really appreciate your insight and your time this morning, Mark. That was absolutely lovely to, uh, to talk to you. Thank you, Brett. My thanks again to Mark for spending a little bit of time with me talking about his experiment. I hope you got as much out of it as I did. Again, I encourage you to read the full article if you haven't done so already. Um, it's worth the 10, 15 minutes to read it. If you're looking for more tailored help on your podcast, then be sure to connect with our dedicated team of podcast professionals. We'll help your business create a podcast from planning and launching to editing, presentation skills, promotion, and monetization if it's in the game plan. Interested in speaking with one of our professionals? We've put together a questionnaire to quickly fill out. This is going to help us help you prior to our first information meeting, which you can schedule when you complete the questionnaire. The link is in the podcast show notes.